hairs on my body started standing on end. Silent. Nothing there. I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be a vital importance of helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge to the other world. Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. My guest today is Claudia Ackley, a multiple experiencer of the Sasquatch phenomenon, as well as a number of other phenomena. There's a lot going on here, a lot to get to, so let's just jump right into it with Claudia today. Claudia, welcome to Type 471. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, and I want to say thank you to your audience for taking your time to listen to my story. And out of anything, I just want to help people, and that's my goal and my heart. Um, from what I've experienced with the Sasquatch and Dogman and other entities. <laughs> so um, I wanted to say that I was never a sci-fi type of person ever. If somebody said they saw a ghost, I would kind of chuckle to myself. But now that I've experienced everything, there's so much out there that um, we need to know. I believe my passion is to help others, like I said before. And uh, I want these creatures to be acknowledged. So I'm working on that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I understand you're actually suing the government to acknowledge the Sasquatch. Is that true? It is true. Um, three is, and also to, uh, for the species protection as well. Just because um, I like we weren't. Well, I'll talk, I'll talk about my encounter, but I was alone in the woods with my daughters and myself. And it was really a scary moment because like I knew about them at the time. But, you know, being out there alone a mile into the woods with three girls, it was really scary. And I just believe that people have the right to know what's really out there, not just bears, mountain lions, and snakes. You know, I want them to know that there's things that can hurt you out there, big things like, you know, grizzly bears or whatever. And I'm not saying that all the Sasquatch are bad. I believe that they're very curious of us as we are curious of them. You know, we go looking in their structures, they come looking through our windows. And I always see that as an opportunity to, to help others. And I'm not suing for a cent. I want no money from this. I'm suing um, also just so to make changes. And I'm not suing to be famous because you look like a nut to 90% of the public. So why am I doing this is to help others. And hopefully if I don't win, it's, um, I believe that it's still public education. I could tell them my story. They can laugh at me or call me crazy, but I know what I experienced. And why would I go so far into that if it was nothing that I saw? So, uh, you know, people have to ask that question. So, <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. And, and I really admire your motives for doing that. I, I think that's great. I, and I Thank absolutely you. and fully agree with you. People do need to know and understand what is truly out there. Now, that may be inconvenient for, for a number of reasons, but uh, still, we, yeah. we, we really do need to understand. And I, I'm right behind you on that one. So, yeah. so mm -hmm. Claudia, since there's so much going on, so much to understand, let's try to keep a chronology to the best that we can. And let's just start from the beginning and go from there, shall we? Yes, of course. Um, what happened was um, I'm a, I was married to a fireman for 20 years. Um, I had uh, two girls. My daughter's was uh, she was 14, and then I had a, an 11-year-old. And uh, one day she came home, and she went to, like, a camp. 
and you know how they tell stories to kids, scary stories. And she came home and she said, mom, you know, Bigfoots are real. Have you heard of a Bigfoot? And I kind of chuckled at her and I said, no, Bigfoots. Oh, I, I think I've heard of it, but they're not real. It's just a myth. And I had explained to her what a myth is. And then she said, no, like they're real. I believe they're real. And she, and then she said to me, do have you researched it to tell me that they're a myth and not real? And I started thinking, I'm like, no, I haven't, but I will, you know, because I want to teach my kids. It's not fair for me to make judgment of something that I'm not even sure of. So sure enough, I got on YouTube at the time. I didn't have Facebook. It was just YouTube. And I put in Bigfoot, you know, and I uh, met a wonderful person named Barbara Stroop. And her channel was called Barb and Gabby. Gabby was her dog. So we ended up um, talking back and forth and she invited me to her area. And I told her when I, you know, I, I said, thank you very much. I, I'm excited, but I don't want you to show me like old footprints. I, and I don't want you to show me structures. Um, I want to find things on my own just because I want to see for myself if they're real or not. And she said, oh, no problem. You know, so we ended up going um, for a week. And Mike's husband said to me, um, we were on the airplane. He said, would you be disappointed if we don't see one? I go, oh, we're not going to see one. I said, people that are very lucky get to see it. But I just want to like hang out with people that are into it. You know, I'm, I'm curious. So I want to see for myself. So luckily we went for a week and the hospitality was wonderful. We camped in tents um, in the middle of the woods, um, kind of a rural area in Washington state. And uh, like the, the second day, the first day we got there, it was just, you know, we walked around the woods that night, didn't experience anything, nothing happened. But the second day rocks started getting thrown at us. And I thought that was just amazing because I couldn't find where the rocks were being thrown from. I couldn't see anything. So, you know, that was super exciting because, you know, we know deer and bears don't throw rocks. And uh, we were in like a small creek. So the third time we were walking on the trail the third day and uh, she said to me, you know, my dog usually stops and stares in this direction and she um, stops wiggling her tail. So something is here. So we walked towards the left of the trail and she said like, here's a branch that's been like broken three times and twisted. And as she was talking, she had her camera cause she has a YouTube channel. And I sense, you know, that sense where you feel like someone's watching you. You see me on the camera and you start, I start looking and about 75 feet, there was a Sasquatch and he was holding with one arm and he was just holding with one arm on a branch and he locked eyes with me and I locked eyes with him. And his expression, the only way I can express how he looked when we locked eyes is if you ever walk into somebody who's getting dressed or in, using the restroom and you walk in on them and they're like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. It was like that type of fear that kind of came over him. He jumped on the floor. He took two bipedal steps, which means walking on two feet. And then he went on all fours and took off um, the opposite direction. And Barbara saw that and she says, did you guys see that? And I said, yes. I said, you know, he, he, that he looked like an alien in the face. He had black solid eyes. And then, uh, he was very, uh, he was about six feet. He wasn't huge. And I always thought if I ever see a Sasquatch, it'll be like 10 feet, you know, a thousand pounds or whatever. But I never thought, what if I see a young one a juvenile? And that's what he was. He was about six feet tall. So, um, the, the, the very interesting thing about this whole encounter is she was videotaping this whole encounter. And I didn't even know the camera was on. And on the camera, the creature looked translucent like the predator. And they call it the cloaked video with Barbara Gabby. That's the name of the video. If you guys want to check it out, um, you could see a big, solid black alien, alien looking eyes, almond shaped. 
Hmm. So that was a huge experience for me. And now I knew for sure they are real. They do yeah. exist. So that, that um, question in my mind was now answered. So now I got really into it. And unfortunately, I had a really rocky marriage, unfortunately. Um, and when that happened, I felt like God is saying, there's so much of life that you don't even know. Like, I want to learn. But he kind of gave me an ultimatum, <laughs> like, stop Bigfoot or the marriage. So I decided to go with Bigfoot <laughs> and <I filed> for a divorce. <laughs> but uh, it was just a very toxic toxic and it kind of woke me up and I, I had the strength to leave and I believe that they helped me with that in, in my heart. Not it, There was other issues that happened. It wasn't just because of Bigfoot, but it was pretty serious the stuff that I found out. So, you know, so anyway, life goes on. I'm a single mom now and we decided to, we live in Southern California and Los Angeles and we decided to move once I got divorced up in the mountains. Um, it's much cheaper because California is very, very expensive. So we found a, a really cute, you know, a house, a cabin, and uh, I kind of didn't know where I was um, going because it's a new area for me. So I would navigate to pick up my daughters from school, but like five times in a row, it took me to an end of a, of a beginning of a trail. And I'm like, did I make it up the wrong turn? Or okay, So I, I, I figured it out. The second day, again, it took me back at the end of this trail. Third day, I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I'm listening to the directions. And sure enough, it took me back to the end of the trail. So five times, I finally said, okay, I don't know why I keep coming here, but I'll come and check this trail out. Out loud, I said that. So um, I met a friend of mine. His name was Ed Brown. And um, he came to visit me. And I told him about the trail. So he said, let's go hiking because we're both into it. He's got his own talk show too. And um, he, uh, we went and we noticed that there's three trees that are blocking the trail. So, and they're massive trees and two of them are still alive. So the trail is like blocked with three trees and they're all like about a hundred feet from each other. And I told him, I said, this is really weird because why would something be blocking the trail? There hasn't been snow, there hasn't been wind, and these trees are alive. And he's like, oh, you know, I don't know whether, maybe I said, well, maybe. So we had a great time, and, you know, we went home. Well, the next day, my daughters come, and it's my turn to have them for three days. I have the fireman schedule, and they finished their homework. We had dinner, and around 6.30 at night, I said, do you guys want to go on a, on a hike? And they're not, they're not used to, like, um, camping because we, we came from the city. So they said, yeah, that would be fun. And I don't want them on their cell phone constantly. You know how kids are now. I want them to see nature. And um, I just, on the drive over there, it took about four minutes to get from my house to the trail. And I told them, like, these are the rules. Like, you don't run from a bear. Mountain lions, like, they, they, they jump up from trees. They, they're very sneaky. They're very quiet. Always watch your surroundings and never, ever show fear to anything. And do exactly what I say. If I tell you to hold hands and run, you need to listen to me. I'm going to be okay. And my 14-year-old, you know, it's their teenager. So she's like, oh, my gosh, mom. It don't Like, it's not a big deal. We're just going for a walk. You know, she was kind of rolling her eyes. Well, we get there, and um, I'm in the back of the trail just because I want to see the surroundings. I want to make sure that my the, the girls are, are safe. My 11-year-old was skipping, and she was having a great time jumping on the trees that are on the ground. And then uh, at that moment, I was in between the two trees that are blocking the trail. And I took a picture of my teenage daughter. And in that picture, you see my daughter, my little one, looking left, like she's seen something, like run. And then my dog is frozen. And then my, my teenage daughter is like just, you know, taking the picture. 
at that moment, my daughter, the little, the eleven-year-old, her name's Jenna. She stops moving, and her hands are to her to her side, and she's staring straight. And in my head, as a mom, like my mama bear came out, and I said, "You know what? I know that something is going on, because she went from like zero to ten in in a second. There's something in front of her." Well, then I see my teenage daughter now, and now she's frozen in fear, and she also had a stick in her hand. I could see her like that. She was grabbing onto the stick. And she froze too. And my dog wouldn't get any closer to where he was like standing. So at that point, I take my bear spray and I take off the safety harness off it. And I run as fast as I can over the tree. And when I jump to my horror, there was a giant male Sasquatch and he was um, staring at us. And the way I could describe him is he looked like a Neanderthal man. He had gray skin, kind of oily. He had a black long nails. Um, he scratched his face um, like he had an itch on his cheek. Um, he had a cone head. He had big human ears, not like bear ears, like our ears, and a massive chest. And he was bent. He was sitting on the, if there's like a V of the tree, like the branches go like a V, the letter V like Victor. And he was sitting like in the middle of the V. So at that point, I look at him and he looks at my daughter's. But I know about these creatures, so I looked at him, and then I whooped at him, which I don't recommend anybody do that, because maybe that means eat me in, in their language, you know? And then I was trying to tell him two things, is don't look at my kids, look at me, because I'm not going to win with you, but you'll know I was there. And if I tell my daughters to hold hands and run, and, and like, because I left the door unlocked anyway, just in case for emergencies. So um, I told my daughters, um, like, start I said, do you see a head? Do you see shoulders? Do you see ears? Because what happened when I first saw him, all these things, when you have an encounter, if somebody hasn't had one, all these things go through your head like, oh, my God, what am I looking at? Oh, my gosh, he has gray skin. Oh, my gosh, is he going to kill us? It's a, there's all these things that, like, rapidly go through your mind. So um, I told my daughters, like, um, you know, slowly turn around, do not run, and start walking back to the car. So slowly, you know, they started walking back to the car and I stood there looking at him walking kind of backwards just to make sure he wasn't going to come at us. I felt like we were going to be attacked. And then he looked like left to right on the ground. And then all of a sudden he started to, to go sway back and forth, like left to right, left to right. It was weird. So um, we finally get to the car and my daughter, of course, she locks the door, my 14 year old. And she said, Mom, let's go. It was like a horror movie. She's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And she doesn't know that. They can rip the door open in the car if they want to, you know. But uh, I said, it's okay. We're, we're safe. We're in, we're in the car. We're okay. And then I said, what did we just see right now? And then my oldest daughter, she said, a man, a hairy man, like a Neanderthal man. And then I asked my little one, what did you see? And she said, Mom, when the two of them ran right next to me, and then I felt like somebody literally hit me and slapped me and, and punched me in the stomach. I go, what did you say? And she said, two of them ran right next to me and they ran behind the big guy on the tree. And so I go, how many did you see today? And she said, three. And I said, what did they look like, the other two? And she said, well, the one that was running in front ran and it was giving me a dirty look. But the other one behind it wasn't even looking at me. And then I was thinking to myself, like, later, you know, when she was telling me the story, like, when we rerun, we have to look at the next step or, or else we'll fall. Like, okay, I'm going to step here. I'm going to step here. It's just something subconsciously that we do just so we don't fall. And this creature was staring at my daughter running forward fast and ran 
behind the big guy. So they were standing right next to the big guy because the big creature that we saw, the alpha male, he's 30 feet up on a tree. So he, so he climbed up the tree. That's how he saw us. And I didn't know that there's two more that at least showed themselves on the bottom of the tree. So that was the encounter. So um, it was really hard. My kids had a really hard time like sleeping with the lights on. My daughter, she goes, I, I want to move. I, I can't live here. Like this is, it's bad here, mom. And she feels like they're demonic for some reason. She feels like they're evil. She's had nightmares. Um, my youngest daughter dealt with it better, um, but she still slept with the lights on and I have to escort her everywhere. Even if I said, can you go to the car to get a book? She'll say, I can't go by myself. Like it was too scary for them, which I totally understand. After like not being able to sleep and you know helping the girls out, I called the fishing game, but I called like the non-emergency like sheriff's department. And what happened was like they said, um, you know, I, I said hi. I like to report a Sasquatch sighting, and I and I said by the way, I forgot to tell you guys something very important. When all this was happening, the encounter, I'm wearing a red shirt. Well, my daughter behind me had an iPhone five at the time, and she videotaped the encounter twice. So we got to, she videotaped it. I didn't even know she videotaped it at all. So, um, well, when I came home, I like Ed was here and he saw us like pale. He knew something was really wrong. And he asked us like, what's wrong? Like what happened? And you know, like, and I said, Ed, I, I want to tell you something. We ran into a Sasquatch. Apparently Jenna ran into three of them. And he's like, no. And then my daughter said, oh, I videotaped it twice. And he goes, well, can you send it to me? He'll want to see it, you know? So he put it on his laptop and he said, no, he's like, that. it's a man. It's a man that's, that's watching you. I go, look at all his facial hair. He's, he's no. So when I took Ed, like the next day, he saw that the creature was 30 feet up on a tree and we found a 22 inch footprint from when he landed on the tree, huge footprint. And then he saw like the smaller ones, the 16 inch footprints that ran across my daughter. So we saw evidence of Sasquatch that live there. So um, I call and then the lady kind of laughed at me at dispatch and she said, so you saw Sasquatch? I said, yes. I said, we have video of it. We have footprints and there's also my daughters as witnesses. And I want to let you guys know because I feel that the public needs to know or it could be very dangerous. There's a lot of missing people in the woods. And she said, okay, well, I don't know who to call if it's fishing game or you know, um, animal control, like, and I said, yeah, I don't know who to call either. She said, please answer your phone. Somebody will call you within the next five minutes. I said, okay. So within like two minutes, the phone rings and it was a fishing game. So uh, she said, hi, I said, um, what's your address? I gave, I gave her my address and my name. And I said, I'll, I'll take a, a lie detector test, a drug test, whatever you want from me. We saw a Sasquatch and there was three of them and it was huge, like a thousand pounds. He was big. And so she said, um, okay, well, I'm on my way to your house. Within like five minutes, she arrived to my house. So she comes in and she said, my supervisor would like to talk to you, but he's not here, but I'm going to text him everything that you're telling me. I said, okay, that's fair enough. So she goes, can I see the video of the creature? So I showed her the video like, like five times and she pointed at it. She goes, is that his head? I said, yes. So, and that's his shoulders. Yes. So, and I, he, even, he even moved on the camera. He moved, he swayed a little bit. So I said, we also found a 22 inch footprint, a 16 inch footprint. And I, I worry, I said, my daughters are traumatized, you know? And she said, okay, let me talk, let me talk to my supervisor. So she gets on her cell phone and she texts him. 
and then she she we wait for a response and he responds back to her and she looks at me and she looks at his, her cell phone and she takes like a sigh and then she says you saw a bear and then i said no no i did not see a bear at, at all i did not see a bear so she said well you know we do have a zoo up here and in big bear and an orangutan got loose so maybe you saw the orangutan I go, no, it was big like an orangutan, but it wasn't an orangutan. It was a Sasquatch. I'm sure of it. And I have witnesses. I'll do any task you want me to do, lie detector, whatever you want. So then she hands me a, path, a pamphlet, and it's how to protect yourself against bears. I go, oh, I don't need this. I need one, like, for Sasquatch. And she goes, oh, we don't, we don't have that. I'm like, you need to. You should. I said, let me ask you now a question. I said, look, we all have morals. I have morals to go to work and help people. I'm in the medical, and I, and I get it. You have politics you have to, like, deal with. I get it. But I said, it's already hard enough to make a phone call like this, and then you come out and tell me that you saw a bear. I said, you know, that's like a slap in the face to me because either you think I'm crazy or I'm lying, and I'm not. Another thing I, I said, I want to let you know, has anybody ever been hurt on that trail? And she said, yes. I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, the Boy Scouts had, like, their group where they get their badges, they have to tie knots and everything. And a little boy brought food inside of his tent. And a bear came inside and hurt him. And this is how she said it. It hurt him very, 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 very badly. Like, and I go, well, are you sure it was a bear? And she kind of like looked at me and didn't say anything. So she left. And I felt like, and I recorded everything. Like I had a recorder, the whole conversation. But I, I didn't tell her that like um, I'm recording you. I should have because I can't use it in court. But. That's basically what happened. So I got really depressed because I felt even worse than I did before. And there's a man named Todd Standing who has a documentary on Netflix. I know that he was suing Canada for the same reason that I'm suing the, the state of California for acknowledgement of the, of the species and, and species protection. Because I don't want people shooting them and, you know, going to hunt them. And, you know, I, I don't want that. I want peace. And I did create the problem of hiding it from the government. And I believe that the government, whatever they cannot control, they will never acknowledge. And that's how I feel. I love our country, but I just, I, I feel passionate about that. And they, they're aware of them. It's, it's a shame that they don't tell people the truth. But so I ended up contacting Todd Standing and he said, you know what, Claudia, because I, I had questions like, what attorney do you find? Is it an environmental attorney? How do you find it? How much does it cost? What forms do you need? What can you give? And so he said, you know what? I'm going to fly out to you. You seem very serious and passionate. So he left his family um, on his own dime. He flew to me for eight days. And we had a friend who's a paralegal. And she helped us like type everything up, all the paperwork that we needed. And the best, happiest day for me was we went to the courthouse. And they, they put a stamp on it. They, we filed it. And I felt so blessed. And I'm like, oh, because it cost like $2,000 just to file paperwork alone for court costs and everything. Yeah. So, well, quite an ordeal, it, this this whole thing. I mean, this is quite quite something. <laughs> uh, just just to back up a minute, um, the, yeah. the Fish and Game official, uh, before she received this text from her supervisor, what, what was her attitude before she received the text? She kind of, um, like, believed me, but kind of, like, she wanted to, she saw my passion, but I, I think that she was like, oh, Nobody ever reports this. Like, is she making this up? But when she saw the video, her demeanor kind of changed. Like, oh, like, what do I tell her? Like, 
that does look like a Sasquatch. You can see his ears next to his like face, or you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like a human. So I think she felt like, oh my gosh, like they do have evidence. Now I have more evidence to, for the courts, but uh, that's how I felt that she, her demeanor was that way. Right. Yeah. And then, and then what frustrated me is I found out that it was a lie about the orangutan. They don't have orang. They don't have primates at the zoo. It's a small little area. And the other thing that I found out that she lied about it was um, I she said I'm gonna go check the the area to make sure it's safe. And I go, I hope you bring a big gun. <laughs> You're gonna need it. So then later on, she goes, I'll check that area out. Okay, well, thank you for your time. And then I go, I have a question for you. You're gonna go check out the area, but you haven't even asked me what trail it is. So wh- where are you gonna go check? Like where? Do <laughs> you know? Like okay, I'm gonna. You know what I mean? It just made, it made no no sense at all. Right, like she was just kind of dismissing you, like trying to tell you stuff to pacify you. It sounds like. Yeah, to pa- mm. yeah, but she wasn't gonna do anything about it at all. Right. So. That uh, that sounds like an expected response, I would imagine. It's yeah. it's funny. Um, I've you know I've noticed lately a number of carefully worded U.S. Forest Service flyers that are posted that 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 are worded in such a way where they actually do speak of the presence of Sasquatch in an area. But at the same time, it's it's very carefully worded, like it might be kind of lighthearted, you know, like kind of a joke, yeah. you know. So, so like a joke, and it, it, it's serious at the same time, like like you know, the 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 observer, yeah. the reader could interpret these flyers either way. Like either it's a serious thing that, and, and if someone does have an encounter, it can certainly cover the Forest Service in that sense. And uh, yeah. you know, for the casual observer, it could be dismissed as a joke. So, I it's it's funny. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of. Uh, it seems like they're they're kind of just right there on on a on the line with uh, with those flyers like that. Like they're absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? Like in Washington State, like especially the military. I've heard that what, what you just said in the military. Like it says you can't shoot one. Well, mm. how how do you? Because people said like, well, what do you want them to do if, if they don't want to acknowledge it? I'm like, well, if they have a sighting. Don't go to someone's house and say you saw a bear because it makes them feel even worse, like more humiliating. And that's why people are afraid to come forward because they're afraid of well, what are they going to think of me? They're going to think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's the stigma that I don't want people to have. You know, I'm, 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 a, I'm in the medical profession. Like, you know, can you imagine? I tell people I'm not ashamed of what I saw. It changed my life. Like, you know, so and maybe one day somebody may laugh at me and then they'll, they'll see one for themselves. And they'll say, oh, my gosh, she was right. <laughs> And yep. it, I, I'm doing this for kids too, because you know it's 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 scary for kids. Like parents, like watch your kids in the woods, moms and dads, because they disappear. The kids disappear quickly, and they're found like miles and miles, you know, in 24 hours up in 24,000 feet level. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh, yeah, people do go missing in national parks quite often and it's it's alarming the circumstances under which this happens now it, it now david polites feels that uh you know a, a, a very small percentage are actually attributable or possibly attributable to sasquatches so uh, you know i mean th- there are any number of factors that could cause people to disappear under these circumstances and people do disappear in very bizarre ways that defy any sort of explanation yes but uh i you know scary. <laughs> right exactly it is scary uh but you know, we 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 can't say that it, it's all Sasquatches or just so many are, are due to Sasqu- Sasquatch 
because we just plain don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I want to back up even further now, and I want to go back to the face of the first Sasquatch individual that you saw. Uh, you said it was like an alien, and you described the black eyes. Um, yes. In, in what other ways was it was the face like an alien, or was that the only way? And and what do you make oh. of all this? He well, he had like he looked like a chimp body with long arms because he was holding with one arm on a branch and you could see the muscle tone and the weird thing is when he ran away from us like i could see the hit his skin it was pink like his back of us like it was pink he wasn't gray like the big one i saw but his facial was like 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 a gray alien but he had like normal pink skin it wasn't like grayish it was his eyes were almond shaped but they were huge they weren't like it didn't fit his face, his head, if if that makes sense. His eyes were so big and slanted. Um, he had like a normal human nose. Um, I didn't pay attention to his teeth because it happened so fast. But when he jumped down, I, I the first thing that came to my head was, what kind of chimpanzee is this? Like, because I didn't know what I was looking at. I was like, because I it was my really first time, seventy five feet from one, so I, I didn't know what I was. It was I was in shock. So. Mm -hmm. If that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah, no, it, so. it does. It does clarify it for me. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's that's quite something. I, I, what does one and do then, with that? Yeah, uh, yeah go and ahead. And then we, we went the next day cause to do a reenactment to see how big he was. Like, you know, and, and also we found footprints, his footprints. And I was able to cast, he was a size 13. And he was a juvenile, so, and he was six feet tall. So um, we had like a six foot seven doctor come and he had an orange vest and where i was standing we measured it was 75 feet so we had a it was it was close so i got to see like hair his, his hair wasn't like it was like human hair it wasn't like um he looked clean like he wasn't matted or anything like that so that was kind of interesting he had like hair um on his arm like you know how orangutans have hair kind of sliding down from their arm when he was holding onto the branch, so ah. I remember that from him. So the so. so the some of the arm hair was longer, like it was dangling down. Is that what you mean? Yeah, it was like dangling down, not a lot, but it was dangling down. Like he was fully covered in, in hair, except mm. his face. So, but a pink face. So when I saw this other one, the, the male, and I saw his face, I I thought two things to myself: either they have gray skin when they get older, or it's like dirt. Because they have, they don't bathe, you know, obviously. So I don't know if it's some are different, some are the same. And I've seen different. I've seen different faces. They all look different in the face. Hmm. So. Yeah, you yeah. have had a, a number of experiences that occurred even after this incident with the, with the uh, with the fish and game. So what what comes after that? After the the ordeal that led to the suing of the state of California, what what comes next? Well, like Todd Standing was here and he's like, I want you to know, I want you to, to prepare yourself because the media is going to get involved. And I go, I don't, I don't want the media involved. Like this is like between the courts and me. And he said, you won't have a choice. So be prepared. Well, he left when he went back to Canada. And when he left, my phone just went off the hook. Like people like ABC News, Eyewitness News, they couldn't believe that I was, nobody's ever done it before. And so they, you know, and I gave interviews and stuff. But it got to be so overwhelming because I had a lot to learn. I, I was looking for an attorney because I didn't have one. And what happened was Todd called me within like they give you like a three month time frame to get ready for your court date. So Todd called me and he said, I have really good news for you. I said, what? 
He said, there's a, a man named Bobby Garcia in Texas. He's an attorney and he he wants to take your case pro bono. And I start crying because I was like, oh my gosh. He, he said he's a huge fan of Todd Standing. He saw his documentary. He knows that the Sasquatch are real. That And I said, well, Todd, why isn't he calling me though? Like I'm the one that's filing, not you. You know, you're from Canada. And, and he goes, well, he feels like he wants me to send him all of the information that I have like DNA, all that stuff. So that way he can look through the paperwork and then he'll decide if I want to, if he'll take the case or not. So I waited and waited and then like a month goes by and I'm getting nervous because time is like, you know, ticking. So basically he told Todd that I have to stop the case because if I go into the courtroom, they're going to eat me alive from what's written. And I believe what was written, it was, it's basically my complaint to the state and saying, why I want this to change. And I'm not suing for money and I'm not suing for fame. I just want people to help fish and game. That's her job. Their mission statement is to help the public and the game. Well, they're not helping the public by saying you saw a bear, you know, and I don't know how if they say I won, I don't know what they're going to do to change things because the logging is industry. It's huge. The fishing industry is huge. You know, I've been followed by the government. Um, I was driving home one day. I live in the mountains, you know, and a, a white truck started following me very close. And it's very rural where I live. So I kind of pulled over to let him go by because I'm like, I'm not going to go faster. But he stopped right behind me. So and then I knew for sure I'm being followed. So I went into town because I felt I was going down the mountain. And he could push me off the mountain if he wanted to. So I went into the post office. And then at that point, I grabbed my cell phone to start recording him. And as soon as he saw me with the cell phone, he took off, like, fast. Well, I saw his license plate, and I have it on my Facebook. It was a, a government-issued license plate. And then th that was one of the times, and I had people come to the house. Um, I have security cameras. One guy was, like, dressed very nicely with, like, a leather jacket, sunglasses. And one guy was, like, a bigger guy, like, with a plaid shirt, kind of like a woodsman-type guy. But I didn't answer it because I wasn't home, for one. And I didn't want to be threatened with my children. And I didn't want to take that chance. So I'd rather just not say anything. You know what I mean? So, because if I know they're going to say, we're, we're going to kill one of your kids if you don't stop this, then I have to stop it. Because then I don't want that. I don't want to be told that, if that makes sense at all. That does. That makes so. perfect sense. Uh, the the initial individual who followed you, the, the, the person who followed you uh, in their vehicle and confronted you or tried to confront you in public, yeah. uh, what did they look like? Were they in plain clothes? Oh, he, it was an older man with gray hair, but I, I didn't know. I don't remember what he, what shirt he was wearing. He was in a truck. It was like a Dodge truck. It wasn't like a regular car. And uh, it was a white, a white truck. It's on my Facebook page. Um, and then I, I zoomed into the license plate and it was a government issue license plate. Hmm. And I was thinking like, if I, if, if he was, if I was going too slow, why wouldn't he have passed me? I mean, it's not like we live in the city where there's hundreds of cars. It was just him and I. And that was dumb me to pull over because, you know, he could have shot me if he wanted to. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So he, he just, he parked right. He, I, I moved over and he was right behind me. He didn't like move over and, and, and keep going. So that was scary. For, and then that way I knew, okay, he's like following me. I got to be careful. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, that is quite something kind of crazy yeah so and then it, it gets even more colorful from there doesn't it it gets even more it, oh gosh so 
what happened was Todd told me that I should stop the case. And it, it doesn't mean that I'm quitting. It's on hold. Um, and I had to go to the courthouse and like and put it on hold. And they gave me, of course, I, I don't have a time limit. But it's actually better that now because now I have so much more evidence to show the courts. So much more evidence. The, the thing that's really hard is that for some reason, I don't have answers for this, but I'm being completely honest. They know where I live, the creatures. The, the, there was a dogman and there was Sasquatch all over my property. I have a ring doorbell. So what I decided to do, you guys don't know what the ring doorbell is. It's a little security camera that you put in front of your door. And it's like a video camera, basically. And it notifies you when there's movement on your cell phone. So I decided to put the ring doorbell behind my house because that's where they were coming from in the woods. So I, I put it like um, facing my house and also the woods. I have a 12 foot shed at that time and they would be as big as a shed, 12 feet tall. I have videos, I have pictures of them. Um, they will come looking through our windows all the time. It got so bad that I had to put like like blankets around my, we had a, the house was full of windows. So I had to put like trash bags. We lived like in a cave, it was horrible because <laughs> I didn't want them looking through the window. It was, it was scary. We, um, they, they slapped the house many times, uh, called the police twice to tell them that there's an intruder trying to get into our home. I can't say a Bigfoot because they'll laugh at me and they'll hang up on me, I'm sure. So the police came and of course they left, they, the police actually saw like a huge footprint, like 20 inches. And you can hear him say like, Derek, look at this footprint right here. And it was at night. So the, the, the police officer shined the light they were looking at it. And then I heard him say, she's right there. She's right there. Like that was me. They were talking about that because I was watching them from my house. So I, they were acknowledging that they see these enormous footprints. And some of them had like three toes, four toes. They weren't all like five toes. And the weird thing is some of them had a V for a heel, like the letter V, like Victor. And like it, it, didn't, it looked like a reptilian type creature. That's why. And they had like nails. You could see like their toes, but nails like claws. So it was just, it was scary. <laughs> you could see um, the orbs. I have videos of the orbs all over the woods, all over my house. I see the orbs get bigger. And the orbs are, for those of you who don't know, it's like a bright light. It looks like a flashlight flying in the woods. So, um, and that's where they say that when you have Bigfoot activity, people see those lights around that area. So I think there's a personal connection. I, in my opinion, and all this is my opinion, my advice, which means nothing. <laughs> so, well, so. still, I mean, you know, that's how we learn just by, you know, gathering people's observations. You know, it takes us a little bit closer at any rate. Um, I want to go back to this V shape that you mentioned. Could you describe that uh, in, in more detail? Was it uh, this was facing out the back of the foot? Yeah, well, you know, like the Sasquatch, Okay, most of the Sasquatch have like seven to eight inches width. And length is always different. And so, cause I've like, I've, I'm not Dr. Meldrum, who's the foot specialist, but I've learned this cause, but when I went out by my shed, I saw a V like a Victor. It looked like a very, very narrow heel. And then it goes like wide and then it has like three or four toes. But then you could see like, like nails like on it, like you could see their toe. And then you could see like, if they had nails, like claws. And I just saw it. it was, I took pictures of it. I have pictures of them. It's just awkward. It's like, to me, it wasn't a Sasquatch or a dog man. Maybe it was a dog man. I don't know. Cause I saw a dog man on the property as well. And you know, one thing that's interesting is they never, the Sasquatch were never with the dog man. 
the dogmen were in the back of the house, the Sasquatch were in the front of the house, which I thought was very interesting, you know, just to yeah. say the least, because like they're not really good friends, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, maybe cooperative, but not uh, not yeah. fond of one another. Um, yeah. So I think what you're saying with the V shape is that the V shape was was the shape of the footprint itself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it was the shape of the foot. It wasn't like a normal standard seven inch wide or eight inch wide. If you look at like the Sasquatch like footprints and you measure them, most of them are seven inches to eight inches width. Hmm. And of course, like the length are all different depending on the, the size of the creature. That's what I've learned. And they have like a mid torso break, a flat foot. And this right. one didn't look like a flat foot. It just it didn't look. It looked like I, I have pictures of like other other creatures. It's not just dog. People just think it's this dog man and Sasquatch. And I have pictures of other creatures that I don't even know what to call them. They look terrifying, though. Mm. <laughs> and that's one thing I learned is like, ugh, never, in my opinion, never show fear ever, even though you're so scared. Because I feel that when you show fear, it feeds them. So mine was more, if, when you see me on the camera, I'm more curious of the creature than anything. And my poor kids were like almost hyperventilating, you know, when they had the encounter. And then my, my oldest daughter says she wants to move in with her dad because she was terrified of living in the woods. And, you know, it's very expensive to move back to the city when you need a deposit, you know, financially being a single mom. I couldn't move at the time. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was really hard. It was really hard. So, but then, and then when I moved, like, I'm at the same area, they would leave their handprints on my, my dusty car. And it was, you could see nails too. And they would leave handprints on my windows as well. And on Thanksgiving Day, um, I was alone for 2019. On Thanksgiving Day, we had a huge snowstorm. It was a huge storm. And uh, I took my daughter like a day before because I knew that we were going to be stuck in the snow um, so she could enjoy her Thanksgiving with her dad. I was alone. I woke up in the morning and I started like taking down like the blankets. That's my normal routine right? make the bed. Well, I opened up the first blanket, first window. And um, I had one neighbor, an older couple, and they were away with their kids, but they have a deck. So if you are in my dining room, um, there's a window and you can see my neighbor's deck. Well, I look and next to the barbecue, there was a Sasquatch on all fours and it was snowing on like, like weather doesn't bother them at all. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I took a picture of like, that is like a Sasquatch on all four. So then I go to the living room window and I take the, open up the curtains, another one standing right there, like right by the tree, just very, very still. And then I go and I open up like the bedroom window and they surrounded the house that day, which was completely terrifying for me. So I called my best friend and I was crying and I said, I don't know what they're surrounding the house. And I, and I, and so she said, if you're, if you're okay, cause she couldn't leave cause of the snow. It was so bad, but they don't have chains. I had all wheel drive. So she said, if you can leave the house, leave the house right now and tell me when you get the car. So what I did is I knocked three times as I grabbed my coat, no gloves, and then I knocked three times. And the reason why I knocked three times is for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I said a prayer, please, God, like, please let this be pleasant. I'm so, I'm so scared. So I, I, I walk out the door, and sure enough, I see them, the creatures. I see them. I grab a, a shovel that was right next to the door, and then I start walking about 20 steps up to my car. It's, it's about 20 steps to get to my car. And there was a baby Sasquatch, a little one, and then there was two adults next to it right in front of my car. So I turn on my car, I turn on the heat, and I'm sitting there, and then I get out of the car, 
and my, as my car is like warming up and then I start shoveling and shoveling. And then I, I get back in my car to try to see if I can reverse to go back. And I put it in reverse, I push the gas and then my car won't even budge a little bit, not even a tiny bit. And that's not right. Cause I mean, you should be able to move a little bit, you know, even with that deep of snow. So all of a sudden the radio started playing like something like, like the radio just started blasting. And what happened was I said, thank I said, thank you guys. Thank you. And then all of a sudden the, the alpha male says, and I'm not ashamed of saying this, but he says to me, if in a weird, like weird alien demonic, not demonic, um, awkward voice, he said, if we shown ourselves to you three times, that means we like you. And then I looked at him and said, and I love you guys. And then I said, I have been looking for you for years and I know about your kind. And then I said, do you want humans to know about you? And he said, no, like really mad, like, no. So at that point I turned off the, the car wouldn't budge. I tried, I tried doing it back and forth and I gave up and I was too scared. So as I started walking down the steps to get back into my house, he looked at me and we, we had eye contact. And at that moment I couldn't breathe. I, I started gasping for air. Like I barely made it to, to my house. I even said, I can't breathe. Like I can't breathe. And then I went in the house, I shut the door and we were so scared that like, you know, but in the older days, people would grab a chair and put it underneath like the doorknob just so like to try to prevent someone from breaking into the door. Like that's how we were living, like in that much fear. At that point, I laid on the couch and I see a Sasquatch. I had the curtains open. I was laying on the couch trying to get, trying to breathe. And he had like pine, pine, like green pine uh, branches stuck inside of his hair to, to conceal himself. So if somebody drove by, he could just, you know, like stand straight and he looks like a tree stump with like a little bit of green on him, which I thought was super interesting. And he had normal human, beautiful eyes. It wasn't like the black almond shaped eyes that I'm used to seeing. They had like human eyes, but different. Um, if I want to say this, it's the only way I could describe the, the male alpha, the one that said something to me, he looked like his eyes were almost lit, like in the middle of his eye. It's hard to explain, but it wasn't like a, if you looked at him, you know he's not human. It was very, very strange, very, very weird. And just so to called, uh, sorry to interrupt, um, just to go back and 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 talk about the voice a little bit more. Um, you, you had mentioned uh, this the strangeness of his voice. I was hoping you could elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, it was like oh, and the the weird thing is, so when he said that, it was just like if like. If we shown ourselves to you three times, that means we like you and like, it's like that, hmm. like, and then I said like, well, and I look, cause I thought he was being sarcastic. So I said, and I love you guys like that right away. Like, and then they started laughing. Like they, they said something, but I didn't understand what they said, but they, they all started like, they thought it was hilarious that I said something back. I, I don't know. Hmm. So they thought it was funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, but... I, I just wanted to point out now there are obviously huge anatomical differences between a Sasquatch and, say, a Neanderthal, for example. But I just wanted to point out that it is thought that Neanderthals, for example, yeah. uh, may have had a high nasally voice because of the shape of their larynx, just because their larynx is shaped oh. differently than ours. And um, whereas a Sasquatch, again, is very different from a Neanderthal, their larynx would 
possibly be shaped differently than ours. So it doesn't surprise me the possibility that, that, that they that they might yeah. have a high nasally voice. They do. They do have a weird. It's a weird noise. It's not normal. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I thought there was. I, in my head at that moment, I thought. I, I thought that I'm like in my head. I said their humor is weird. Like they, they laugh at like stuff that's not funny. You know what I mean? Like I thought that in my head. I hope they, maybe they got mad. And that's why they. So what happened is, they, I, for those of you who don't know, I they call it zap. You got zapped. Um, infrasound, and it's when like large mammals can actually make you sick, like nauseous, headache, um, trouble breathing, heart fast heart rate. It, there's a lot of things you bleed bladder wise like um so what happened was i called 911 when the sasquatch was walking back and forth and i she was so rude to me see i called prior twice because i, I said there's an intruder trying to break into the the reason why i knew that there was someone there was a sasquatch right back my back porch because i had the camera and i could see him standing by the door so i was thinking is he gonna break through the door right now and we're dead like i was i was so scared so i called twice so I call her and I said, I need the paramedics. I can't breathe and I'm gasping for air. And she says to me, you, what's your address? What's your name? And she goes, you call 911 too much. And she said, I'm sorry, but the weather's too hard right now. You're going to have to find yourself your own ride to the hospital. And I was like, oh, I could not believe what I was hearing. And I want to get a copy of it with my Freedom of Act speech. Because I was like, if she only knew like how I suffered that night. I actually suffered four days without electricity. They turned off the electricity no heat, a bunch of snow, creatures all around the house, 911 won't help me. Then I started throwing up blood. And then I'm like, I was vomiting blood everywhere. And I was too weak to get up to, to like clean it up, you know? So I, I had 2% left on my cell phone and I called my brother and I told him, I said, I'm freezing to death. I said, I'm throwing up blood and I have no energy. I'm not going to make it. Please, please take care of the girls, my daughters, you know? And he said, no, 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 no. Just hold on. Just give me two minutes. I'll call you right back. So he called the paramedics for me, and they came with like a, a, a what's it called? The people that move the snow, a snow plower, and then the fire department came behind the snow plower, and then the captain came in, and then they saw the blood everywhere, and they said, "Why? Why did you wait for four days to call us?" And I said, "No, I called the first day, but she said I called nine one one too much," and he was so upset hearing that he was just like oh no 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 that is so wrong so i hope she got fired for it i hope (laughs) yeah that's unacceptable absolutely she only knew so i was in the icu for a week after i was rescued basically but that zap really affected me kidney wise and everything i have pictures of me in the icu from that too so which is another weird picture (laughs) that turned out so i don't know if you saw it sam like i don't know if i sent it to you or not but you did send this me that is, one. Yeah. 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 I, I, so. I saw that. There are some anomalies in that picture, it looks like. and uh, Yeah, there is. And yeah, as for what you were saying about infrasound, now tigers, for example, uh, can lower their mouths to the ground and uh, actually focus infrasound, I believe, up to maybe about a mile away at a... Uh, oh my gosh. Right. At, at a game animal, at their prey, for the purpose of disorienting them. Um, infrasound... Yeah, yeah. Yes. It, it can cause all sorts of uh, it can cause all sorts of problems. It can, like I said, tigers use it to stun prey a great distance away. So infrasound yeah. can can is a very real thing that can do all sorts of damage. I did. Yeah. I I know. I had no idea that. Um. Oh my! If it hurts so bad, your all your muscles hurt. 
And then I stood up for a minute to get, oh, and then you, 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 you're dying for thirst. And I don't know if it's because I was throwing up so much blood, but like you, you crave, and then you get really confused. I was calling for my daughters to help me and they were gone. And I had no idea that I was alone in the house. But I remember things that happened during that time. Like I saw a dog man uh, come in the house, like, and then I, I would go back unconscious again. There was all, but I don't know if it was me being like unconscious from losing so much blood or if it's really like things happen when I was basically zapped and I was, was like useless. I couldn't help myself. Right. I, I didn't have any fear though. It, there was, I was just like, whatever happens, happens. I was just like so sick. So, and um, I ended up having to move immediately after that. Um, I left all my furniture behind. I, I, I just packed some of my kitchen stuff and pictures of my daughters, of, you know, when they were babies and stuff. And I left that house and never, never turned back. So that's how bad it was. That's awful. And I think, I don't know why, but I feel in my heart that they're mad. Like they know I'm suing the state. They don't want to be known. When I said, do you want people to know about your kind? And you said, no, but it was like an angry, no, like, no. So when you had these dogman experiences, um, for, you said some of them, as you were vomiting blood, th those may have been hallucinatory experiences. Um, but but there were you had dogman experiences also before that 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 you yeah. feel were not hallucinatory experiences. Um, yeah. Could I hear more about the the dogman incidents? What were they doing, and what did they look like, and all that stuff? The first time I have a picture of one. Um... I was walking, I just got home from work and I was walking, I was by myself and I was walking down my steps. And if you Google, you know, where my, I don't know if you Googled my house, but it takes like 20 steps to get to the front door. And as I was walking down, you could see the back of the woods by the shed. And I saw one laying on, on a belly, on his belly. And he had the snout and he looked like a dog and in the face, but I didn't see his entire body because he was laying on his belly. And I looked at him and I said, hi, like, hi, I've, I've always been like, nice. Hi. So then I got in the house really quick and I shut the door and put like, you know, the door. I, I was just scared. That was my first time ever seeing one. Then it got really bad. So then every night around 10 o'clock at night, there'd be a dog man that would walk to the shed and he would stand there. And I'm talking like not for like 10 minutes, not for half an hour, for like like a couple hours. And the weird thing is, is that he would like kill an animal and he I have a picture of it. He would hold it up like like he knew he was on camera. And he would hold it up and just like and stand on it and we measured like the shed and it was 12 feet tall and uh the footprints they are much different than the sasquatch prints like um i think i i think i believe they're like some of them have four toes some of them have three toes but they, they are wide on the the heel it's not like the v ones that i saw that i have pictures of but uh they do have a snout they look just like uh either a bear like from like the top they have a snout or they look like a German Shepherd, um, but they have like a human body and they're built like, in my opinion, they're bigger than a Sasquatch, in my opinion. And the weird thing is, is that when I was going in and out of consciousness, I remember I was laying on the couch and I opened up my eyes and he came in through the porch door. I, had, I have to the front door and the porch door. And the weird thing is, is that I moved a desk to cover the door so to try to prevent or to give me some time to run or to do whatever. And when I woke up, I noticed that he was inside of my house in the living room, but he wasn't looking at me. He was looking towards my kitchen. So he was looking to his right. And I thought that was so like, he was looking at something in my kitchen. And then all of a sudden I black out and I'm back, I'm back again. 
back to being unconscious again. So, and then uh, at that point, I remember the Sasquatch would go up and down, up and down, up and down. Like he was maybe guarding me. I, I don't know what he was doing. I had no idea. Hmm. So, but I mean, they could have killed me when I walked to my car. They, I mean, they could have taken me. Another thing is I didn't have any, my neighbor next door died. The scary thing is, is that since we have bears, I, we have a basement. So I have to put the trash in the basement. And then on trash day, I take the trash out. Well, I would find my stuff that was in the basement and it's not locked. It was just like a, it was a padlock type thing. I would find my stuff inside of their structures. Like I threw away a pair of pajamas that I, that I didn't want anymore. And I found my pajamas in their structure and like just stuff that was on the porch. So on behind my house, there was 12 structures. If you guys don't know what a structure is, it's when they break like a limb of a, a branch and they make like a teepee or they make a nest. It's kind of hard to, there's different types of um, markings that they leave, like an X. And we don't know what X means. I should have asked them, what does an X mean? You know, but I don't, I don't know. Right. Some people, they don't know what it is or what, what their meanings are, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. They do make all sorts of structures. Some of them are get kind of elaborate. Um, yes, they it, are smart. Yeah. Yeah. They, they use X's in sometimes very dramatic ways. I've heard of huge X's huge. made out of enormous trees. And I, huge. I had an experience with an X, um, a, a friend of mine and I were at a spot in Southern Oregon, uh, and we were walking down this fire road, this, this, or a logging road rather, that was very old, overgrown. Nobody had been there for a long time. We were just checking out what was going on down there. So we walked down yeah. the, the, the logging road and we were down there for like, you know, 20 minutes to half an hour. And then we, yeah. then we walked back up. And as we walked back up, a perfect X shape had been created at the edge of this logging road with two large limbs. So they, it, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Can you imagine the strength that it takes to lift a tree? I mean, it's like, I wish I could see them do that. That's one thing I would love to see. Just like what you saw, but, and I don't know if you've seen this, but um, behind my house, there's actually a tree that's like pretty thick. It's been lifted off the ground and then it's been flipped up. So the root is hanging up and the tree is leaning against another like live tree. Mm -hmm. So what kind of like machinery is going to like take something out without cutting it and then flip it upside down? So the root ball is hanging up in the air. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's just, mm -hmm. it's stuff like that. Like, you know like the X that you found is amazing, but yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen that a number of times as well. And I know that, that people report that quite often, uh, the, the roots up in the air. Yeah. That's that, that can be very telltale. There, there are times when, when there are smaller trees like that, that are right on a road. Uh, I think that, that sometimes that can conceivably be done by bulldozer work, uh, when pushing debris out of the way. But, uh, yeah. But but when you see uh, something from a Sasquatch like that, it's it's it tends to be very different than that. Uh, you know, it can yes. be yeah further. It, it's further into the woods, and there are larger trees, and it's you know you can see the yeah. the the dirt hanging oh. off of it a lot of times. Uh, so it's you know there's a there's a big difference it's a there. Question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree with you with that. It's like. I, once you're in it for a while, I mean, like we were in the middle of like nowhere. I don't know if you've been to remote, remote, remote places, but we would find like, like you found the big X. We would find like, they have like the letter A, we call it the letter A. 
we have the tree twist that you can only break it with a hand. You know, it's just all these different type structures, which I find fascinating as well. Ness. And I wanted to say something. I, I believe that these creatures have many abilities that we can't even begin to comprehend. I've seen it for myself and it's like, it's mind blowing. And the deeper you look into the rabbit hole, I don't know if you feel the same way, Sam. It just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So, oh, I, I know, know exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, I, yeah, with with the work that I'm doing, like the rabbit hole is just it's deeper and deeper and deeper. All right, yeah, there, yeah. There's there's a lot going on that we don't understand. That much that much I am on board with. Um, we are approaching the bottom of this episode. Uh, I know that there's all kinds of stuff that that we probably haven't gotten to yet. You did mention yeah. that you uh, you left Arrowhead and then you moved, and 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 uh, I kind of cut you off at that point. So uh, can we continue from there? Yeah. Um, after I got out of the hospital, I couldn't come back. Um, I stayed in a hotel for like a week to recover, and then um, I decided um, I'm gonna rent a car and I don't know where I'm going to go. I have no place, but I'm not staying there anymore. So I just packed my kitchen stuff. I left my couch, my everything, my bed, everything, just left everything. I packed my daughter's stuff because, you know, it's, you know, my, my youngest daughter, she wanted her stuff. And of course, um, I put stuff in storage and I got in the car and I drove to Tennessee and I stopped and I found a place to live. I actually had a stroke and I was actually driving past Tennessee. And I had to stop here in Tennessee and I got treated here and they helped me and they saved my life. So, and I love the little town that I live in. So I'm not going to mention the name of it, but yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm much more happier, but it was so bad there that I had to leave. And then like my neighbor that died, like it was like, it, it's really spooky. Like he has all these, like, you know, the, the electric company and gas company, when people don't pay their bill, they leave like a red, like notice on your door or whatever. I, I went over there and sure enough, it was like, okay, you know, we're going to close like the gas and the electric and this. So um, in the state of California, you pay for everything separate, but you can look through his windows and it's just it's like an empty bed. You can see his bedroom and it's just sad, but nobody knows how he died. He just died mysteriously. And I didn't have any other neighbors. So just my, that older couple and that was it. So mm. I'm sorry so, to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know him, but um and then my uh, my older neighbor, um, she came out one day because she's got she's got uh, those sensor lights, super bright, facing the woods. And I'm like, when oh, so our house got slapped. So we went outside to see what it was. Uh, now I know what it was, but we thought we found a handprint. But the light was on. So she comes out like it was like one in the morning, and she said, "You shouldn't be here at night." And when I said, "Oh, why not?" and she said, "Oh," she goes. There's large animals. She goes, when these lights come on, that means a large animal's back here because it takes a lot, uh, something big for, for these sensor lights to go off. And she said, I don't like dogs. <laughs> and she walked back in the house mm. and that was it. And I was trying to get more information from her, but I couldn't. She was kind of a very sweet lady, but she's older, you know, mm. and maybe in her 80s. So, but uh, I just thought it was weird that she said that she doesn't like dogs when I was asking her, like, what big animals are out here besides bears? Might you she know, have been so. talking about your dogs? No, she just said, I don't like dogs. I don't, I don't like them. And she walked back in the house with no explanation. We're like, um, <laughs> can you come back for a minute? We have some questions, you know what I mean? Right. And I didn't want to say to her, oh, our house just got slapped. And then they left the handprint. The, and then when they slap your house, like you, it's, it feels like an earthquake. Like the whole house just like shakes. 
it's so the strength is amazing on it. I have pictures of that too of their handprint. It was like it was like chalky, like muddy. So hmm. and I I know that uh, someone has like a creek like down the street. So I don't know if they were trying to maybe get fish or something, and they they slapped the house <laughs> that night. And after you uh, wound up in Tennessee, uh, did, did have you had more experiences since being in Tennessee? I have, and you know, people would say to me like, "Have they followed you yet?" I go, uh, "What do you mean? <laughs> like, I don't understand what you mean. What do you mean follow?" I said, "The the day the girls and I we got in the car and we I looked through the rearview mirror, there was nothing following us." And I'm, when they say that, I was picturing that literally like running against the car, following you home. And that's not the case. In my opinion, I've seen them in my backyard. I live uh, with a lot of acres of grass. In Tennessee, the, the homes aren't like really close together. Some of them aren't. They're separate from each other. And um, we have a lot of trees in the back, like woods in, in the back of the house. And I've had experiences here. They have followed me here to my house in Tennessee. And there's, the first month I moved in here, I couldn't go in the backyard at all. I would just stay in the house. It was COVID anyway. so. Um, and plus, I was in and out of the hospital. But, um, yeah, I've had that. That'll be another episode because it's so there's so much that's happened. And again, like I could tell people I have it on video. I have pictures of them. So it's just it's scary. It's really scary. Um, I don't know what I, I called the priest and he came and blessed the house and things got quiet. But then they started up again. And I'm terrified, to be honest with you, especially being alone at night. Hate it. No, so, well, hate it. I'm sorry yeah. you're you're living in such a scary situation. I, I, yeah, I. Oh, thank you. That sucks. Um, but yeah, I just call upon spiritual protection. I, I uh, yeah, yeah, and I, the I power know. prayer. Exactly. You know, I when I see them, I rebuke them, and like in the backyard, I have video of them, and and I rebuke and rebuke, and they don't they don't leave, and I'm like, are these nephilim? Or because in my heart, I, there's two things that I believe. Either they're alien oriented, they're like the ground crew for the aliens. Because if you imagine a little five foot, four foot alien in the woods, like investigating, they wouldn't do well <laughs> with bears and stuff. Right. So I feel that these Sasquatches are made and they're alien and they're like the ground crew for the earth from the aliens. Or I believe that they're Nephilim from, you know, back in the day when the fallen angel, because uh, they're huge. If when you look at it, you're like, you have to do a double take because they're so big. It's like, oh my God, they're so huge. They're so big. And so, yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my, basically my story. So this has been, but I've been blessed. I've met like Bob Gimlin and, you know, he said to me, Claudia, I'm so proud of you. Like nobody's ever done, you know, in the United States, what you're doing and you're going to help people. And, and he's such a good man. Like when you look at his soul, when you talk to him, you know, that the, the film that he filmed is honest, like Patty you know the patterson footage you could just see the honesty of this man's soul just he's like an angel from oh, yeah. heaven yeah so yeah yeah I've, I, I have yet to meet him but uh this is this is something that i hear people say often yeah he's a he's a really good guy and yeah absolutely the patterson gimlin footage oh. is is absolutely authentic without a doubt in my mind um yes yeah, and and like you mentioned, there's there's a lot more to go into, and we'll have to do that in a part two. Um, yeah. Okay. So for now, we are at the bottom of the episode. Is there anything you would like us to know at the very end of this episode? Um, just thank you so much for taking your time to listen to to my story. 
Um, I would love to meet you if you ever need help or need to talk to someone. I'm here for you. So I'm on Facebook under Claudia Ackley and I'm wearing a black shirt. <laughs> so, and nice to meet everybody. So thank you, Sanford. I'm honored to be on your, your show. So you're very kind. So I'm very grateful. Oh, Thank I, you. I, I appreciate that, Claudia. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And and it's uh it's a pleasure, always a pleasure speaking with you. It's been a pleasure having this Thank conversation you. with you. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting stuff. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to have a part two for sure. Oh, well, there's more. <laughs> yeah, so get ready. Yeah. All right. Well, I look okay. forward to it. And uh, okay. for now, Claudia Ackley, thank you so much for joining me today on Type 471. Thank you. All right. Well, you take care. Thank you, my friend. If you're a seeker after truth and you want to be part of the ongoing effort of Type 471 podcast, consider checking out my new Facebook group, Type 471, A Reckoning in Consciousness. I hope to see you in there. If you would like to be privy to the reckoning in consciousness that is Type 471, go immediately to your preferred podcast platform and follow the show. Rate Type 471. Give it as many or as few stars as you believe it deserves. Say your piece in the comments and share Type 471 with other people, like-minded people. People like you who can hear in my voice that I am deadly serious about delivering wondrous truths to you. So if you believe in what I'm attempting to do, make sure everybody knows just how you feel about Type 471. Finally, to share your own extraordinary experiences with me, email me at type471podcast at gmail.com. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471. Northern California and Southern Oregon's preferred provider of homegrown unknown. You be well, dear listener. I will speak to you next week.